0: Welcome to the Not Old Better Show Family Genealogy Interview Series on Radio and Podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang. Today's show is brought to you by Earth Breeze and super lucky fun Frenzy Trivia. In honor of U.S. service members, men and women worldwide, we have a great show today for Memorial Day. I'll introduce our guest, Kevin Klein, in just a moment, but quickly, if you missed any episodes, last week was our 716th episode when I spoke with Dr. Christy. Tuff DeSapri, women's bone health specialist and founding physician of Bone and Body Women's Health to offer interviews and spread awareness of postmenopausal osteoporosis. Great, great subject. Two weeks ago, I spoke with science writer Dr. Mark Seifer about his new book, Ozone Therapy for the Treatment of Viruses, another great subject. These are both excellent subjects for our Not Old Better Show audience. If you missed those shows, along with Any others, you can go back and check them out along with my entire back catalog of shows, all free for you there on our website, notold-better.com. You know, you can Google Not Old Better and get everything you need about us. So check out Google always. In honor of Memorial Day and the USS Arizona, our guest today is Kevin Klein, Executive Director of Operation 85 and the USS Arizona. There are still 85 unknown Navy and Marine service members from the USS Arizona whose remains are in unmarked graves. You may be able to help those heroes finally receive a proper burial. Let's do some good. Let's talk about better and how to help. It's time now after 82 years. Even though it's been 82 years since the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, those who lost family members on December 7th 1941 continue to mourn the loss. Most of the 1,177 sailors and marines killed at the attack on the USS Arizona went down with the ship and were never recovered. However, the remains of at least 85 and possibly as many as 150 service members were recovered but were not identified. They were buried, remains commingled in graves at the National Cemetery of the Pacific in Honolulu. It's part of an initiative led by Kevin Klein, our guest today, a member of the Sons of the American Legion Squadron 176. Kevin Klein is the executive director of the USS Arizona Operation 85 project and also the great nephew of Robert Edwin Klein, a sailor who was killed December 7th, 1941, aboard the USS Arizona. Kevin Klein will tell us all about Operation 85 today, which is a mission to identify Through DNA, the 85 or more USS Arizona crew members, Navy and Marine Corps, whose graves have been buried 10 miles away, marked simply as USS Arizona Unknowns. Kevin Klein will share with us why this is so important and how he is asking for support as we try every effort we can to reach and locate these other family members and honor their service. Please welcome. To the Not Old Better Show genealogy interview series for Memorial Day on radio and podcast, Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me, Paul. I I
0: really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. And I have to just tell you right out of the gate, we we hear this phrase. I mean this. I am um, a former uh, federal employee. My father was U.S. Air Force. I thank you for your service and all that you're doing for um, our military. You know, brothers and sisters who are out there still, but still need some work done on their behalf. And you, of course, are the executive director at Operation 85. I love this story. I know our audience is going to love it. We're, we're doing this in anticipation of Memorial Day. So, again, thank you for your service. Happy Memorial Day to you and your family. I know you have military in your family tree, too. So let's talk about Operation 85 because, I, I, again, I just I love this story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Operation 85 and maybe share your own story, too, because I think that's, that's, so, that's a great story and, and so relevant in, in all of this.
1: You know, I, I thanks Paul. I really I want to clarify just at first. Um, uh, I was that lucky generation that grew up in the '80s, and I I, I never uh, served in the military. Okay. So so my service is really what Operation '85 is. But You're doing yes, it now. I, I have tons of family in the military. Yeah, yeah, you know, we look too. back at World War II and all the things that our family members did uh, to keep the peace, and so I grew up in a generation where. You know, signing up for the military to to defend in war really wasn't there. And when nine eleven happened, I was probably too old at that point, so I was kind of right there in that middle. One of the things I wish, if I had done it again, you know, I have a very long history of Navy in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, had I I had life to do over again, I probably would uh, go in and, and and serve at least two years in in the Navy or whatever it is, one one tour in the Navy. So that's kind of the one thing I regret, but it just liked it not uh, pan out that way for me, but here I am now doing something like this. So maybe oh, this course. is the
0: reason why I'm 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 doing this now. Yeah, well, and thank you for that that clarification. And and I'll I'll rephrase and just say thank you for your family's service, and sir. So let's just jump right in, then Kevin Klein, and because I do think Operation eighty five has got so many important aspects to it of uh, current activity, but history. So maybe tell us where this came from, Operation eighty five. It, it's a great story, great genealogy story. We do a lot of genealogy stories here on our program. And then uh, and then maybe go into a little bit more detail about how you became involved.
1: So yeah, I, I grew up knowing that I had a great uncle who was killed on the USS Arizona and never recovered. Uh, his neighbors, uh, Robert Edwin Klein, he was a gunner's mate, second class. Um, he joined the Navy in 1937. And actually, his very first ship he was assigned to was the Arizona, so he was on the Arizona for you know over four years. That was that was his uh, his his ship that he was stationed on, and um, so you know I always grew up knowing knowing the the story of Pearl Harbor and what happened, mm-hmm. and I, I had an uncle involved and an uncle killed, and and to be honest, the family was never told any different as to um, that there could be potentially these unknowns somewhere else. We always had the impression that everyone that would, that died and was missing and never recovered was either, you know, unfortunately nothing left of them because of the intense explosions that happened or they were trapped in the ship. So, you know, I grew up and my family always went through life just thinking that that was my great uncle's resting place, mm-hmm. the Arizona. There's a beautiful memorial there two and two. we, and we never thought much more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until uh, a few years ago um, when I began to realize or understand that there are these unknowns, uh, remains, bodies that were removed from the ship during the chaos or the day after, um, certain remains that they found around the ship, and they collected these remains, removed them. Um, they were buried, I think, in, in, in at some point uh, in one location, and then once I think a few months went by, they actually – open that grave up again and then reburied them at where they are now at the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific there in in, in Honolulu, which is about 10 miles away from Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. Um, people also refer to that commonly as the punch bowl. Mm-hmm. So you might hear that as well. So, mm-hmm. so there is about, I, I don't know exactly how many, there's multiple graves um, of commingled, um, no names, no idea who they are, but they do know they're all from the USS Arizona. And when I began to learn that, that tended to kind of irk me a little bit as I didn't like that word unknown mm-hmm. on those graves. Um, it also put me in a position and a lot of the family members now that we're connecting with them that we you know when we go to the memorial, we're not really 100 percent sure is our loved one, is our family member there at the Arizona or is our family member 10 miles away at at Pearl Harbor. So there began the um I'm sorry, 10 miles away at the punch bowl. There began that question in, in our minds of, you know, where is that family member and how can we identify those potentially 85 um, unknowns so that, you know, we can bring closure to this. And at least, you know, the the, the truth is not everyone on that ship that was killed and missing is ever going to be identified. Um, we, we know that. Um, but the point is to really uh, – identify the ones that were moved. So there's closure to the fact that at least everyone knows where the final resting place of those crew members are. And right now it's unknown because they're, they're split up.
0: And this is part of history and it does bring peace. It brings some comfort to family members, but certainly it's part of history. And so there's a historical element in this and that historical element is aided today by the technology and the use of DNA, and that's really what you've kind of brought to this too. That that there's there's some actual testing that can be done to determine who is who and where people are in respect to um, their final resting place.
1: Absolutely, and and they had one of the things that kind of really got me involved in moving forward with the Arizona project was they've recently had a very successful project with the USS Oklahoma from World War II. Um, They were able to, I believe, identify close to 400 unknowns, same situation in commingled graves buried at the punch bowl. Um, And they had almost a 92 or 93% success rate in collecting family member DNA and matching it up with the unknowns and they were able to make a lot of positive identifications And so I began to kind of get more interested when the Oklahoma project happened which was about seven, eight years ago and followed that very closely. And as the Oklahoma project began to end you know my question started to come up to the Navy was well when are you going to do the Arizona? We have 85 there let's let's get going. And um, I began going to the DPAA, which is the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency. That DPAA is short for that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, They have family updates every year where they will invite the family members to come in. They give updates on the case and they kind of tell what they're doing. And so I, I went to that for the very first time in November of last year. Um, but I went more on a fact-finding mission to kind of ask about the Arizona. So when it came time to do my case study with my casualty officer, I actually had asked, could I have a few other people in there? So we had the uh, the head of the Armed Forces Medical Examiner System in there. We had some historians in there, some other high-level people from the DPAA. And I just put it out there and said, you know, what's it going to take to get the Arizona um, unknowns identified as well? And we could bring closure to, to them as well. And I have to tell you, Paul, it, there wasn't much optimism or excitement when I when I brought that up. The Arizona is a it what they call they've been described as kind of a unicorn. It's it, it's it's a very interesting project because there are so many unknowns. Um, there I think 1,072 are completely, you know, never recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, they never Connected with next of kin and family um, and kept that connection going. Whereas, you know, there were um, many organizations that, like the Pearl Harbor Survivors Association, all those kind of connected, but those that went missing, there was really no organization or no way to connect and keep a connection with those families. So over 80 years, they've all been lost. Over the past six or seven years, when the Oklahoma Project was announced, People just began to randomly call into the Navy and say, "Hey, I'm an Arizona family member. Can I give my DNA?" Mm-hmm. And they never denied that. I was one of those. I probably mm-hmm. gave my DNA for the Arizona eight or nine years ago in hopes maybe one day it would happen. Um, but as I got more involved in it, I realized with the bureaucracy and budgets and money, and it was it really was never going to happen. The project was too big, and they felt that the the project of finding the family members. And soliciting them and asking them to submit their family reference sample, their DNA, to connect with those, they felt that it was just too big of a project. Um, they did a feasibility study, it a study on it. They believed that the Navy would have to spend twelve thousand five hundred man hours to do that. Wow. Um, they believed it would take the Navy three to four million dollars and encompass several years of their budget, and and this was the reason they were told why they didn't it. So. Um, I decided to do it on my own, and I proved everybody wrong. Um, mm-hmm. We Operation 85 was started just for that reason, only to find, connect the family members and get them connected with the Navy and the Marines to give their DNA. So we don't do any DNA testing or facilitating. We're just kind of the middleman to find those family members and connect them. In the first 45 days, we've uh, connected with over 108 family members now. Um, Many of those are now in the process of giving their DNA to either the Navy or the Marines because we did have 73 Marines that were killed, and I believe 52 are still unrecovered for the Marines. So we had Navy and Marines on the Arizona. And um, I, I, I started to collect family members, and all of a sudden, I think some eyebrows began to raise because before I did it, I made a point of contact at any government agency that would touch this, have interest in it, have some involvement, some have some authority. So everybody knew what I was doing, but I don't think they really knew that I was going to be successful at it. Um, And about halfway through, maybe about 20 or 30 days in, when almost every day we were sending the Navy or the Marines a new family member, um, I think they began to realize that there was something to this. Um, And I started to get, get questions. And the great thing is, I wasn't only getting questions from the DPAA. We had raised the eyebrows of some um, political help as well. So the questions from from Congress and some senators also came up and said, "How can this guy, on a, on that has a full time job and kids, and and how can he do a website and create a project with hardly any budget and find 108 family members from the Arizona?" You know, I, I they asked me how much money I spend so far. I think I might have spent fifteen hundred dollars mm. on everything, including mm-hmm. the website, and not much. Uh, and um, so they said, "How can you find all these family members with fifteen hundred dollars?" When the Navy and everyone else says it will take millions and millions of dollars and thousands of man hours, and I just let them know that we were doing things a little bit differently. We were being creative. We we're using social media. We're using platforms like what you have, and just getting the word out and people started passing the word around and sharing. Um, and that was a big influence. We probably found about 20 to 25 families just on social media alone, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. sharing. Of course, we created partnerships um, with Ancestry.com mm-hmm. and uh, other organizations. The American Legion has been great. Mm-hmm. And they'll just shoot out emails to their membership. And even that would bring in many. We have some volunteers that are working on Ancestry, going through looking for to connect those family members to, to trees within inside their databases. We found about sixty family members that way. So we're being creative. We're thinking out of the box. We're doing things, and uh, you know, kind of on our own. And the cool thing about it, Paul, is um, I've been offered many times donations and money, and I've refused at every corner for for money. I feel like when you begin to take people's money as a donation, you gotta kind of be beholden to them, and so. I'm, I'm financing this all on my own, and I like it that way only because I get to choose how I spend the money. And if I want to spend you know, $500 on Facebook ads to test that, I can do that. So um, there's really – at this point, we're not in any way seeking donations. We're just being creative. We're just using social
0: media and the tools that we have today to get the word out, and people are responding really nicely to it. Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations on, on all of this work. As you say, you're really kind of the the middleman in some of this. You're really looking for connections with family members um, and then to try to connect them in turn with the DPAA's DNA test. That's kind correct. of your step, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. There are companies out there that might have, in fact, they probably do have much better technology with DNA and forensic studies and, 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 um, there, the DPAA is engaging with some of them. Um, but they're not confident enough until they're just not confident enough to use, go outside the box and use different technology and try different things, especially with something as sacred as a service member's remains. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've tried to propose other ways forward with this but the the DPAA is really set on making sure that we find those family uh, family members first get their DNA reference samples in and you know do it it's slow and steady but do it the way that they're comfortable with and which way they've had a lot of success with so really the answer to this is finding the enough family members to do this project now the the Department of Defense has put a threshold of 60% um, meaning, we have to find sixty percent of the family reference samples from those crew members, which is a total of six hundred and forty-three. So it's a big, um, it's a big number to mm-hmm. achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's impossible at all, especially at the at the way we're we're heading at it now. Um, but the truth is, in some of the meetings I've had with them, and I questioned them. I said, "Okay, your threshold. You're not going to begin the Arizona project until you reach." Six hundred and forty-three. What are you, the government, the Navy, the Marines, the DPA? What are we, the? What is the government doing to get to that number? Mm-hmm, and the answer mm-hmm. was nothing. Mm-hmm. So, had we not done what we're doing now, the answer would have continued to be nothing. And. One of the important things that they need to recognize, and I think they finally are, is as we're connecting with more and more of these families, some of them are really old and some of them are the last surviving bloodline member of that family. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is really a time situation thing as well, because we could very well run out of time and lose family members to time because the DPAA and and everyone just didn't react quick enough. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we're reacting quick enough and bringing in those numbers, the family members, to kind of get this thing moving. But we're certainly up against the clock when it comes to this project as well.
0: Well, it seems like, Kevin, you've been doing a a great job this for you. You've only been operational for about 45, less than 50 days, it seems like. Yeah. And you've already found the number is 109, 108?
1: We've connected, I think it's 110 this morning. We've connected with 110 family members, which means... Um, they've reached out to us. They're either, uh, going through the process of submitting online, um, or they're in the process of going through the family reference sample process with the Navy or the Marines. Um, the Marines, uh, God bless them. They are the very great partners with us. They helped us build the uh, online submission form questions. Mm. So when someone goes to our website, which is ussarizona.navy, mm-hmm. um, there is a family submission button there where you can click on for family members. And the questions there are questions that the Marines Casualty Office needed to, for us to give to them so they would have all the answers and things they needed to start the process. Um, the Navy is the same way. They've been very helpful as well. However... Once a family member is turned over to the Marines, they're very quick and they have a very efficient process of getting the family member that DNA kit and getting it back. The Navy is what we like to call anchored down a little. Mm-hmm. So their process is a lot slower. Um, they use snail mail to send out a form and have someone the people have to check yes and send it back. And then once that's processed, then they send out. the. So there's a, a, a little more twist and turns with the Navy than I would like. And I'm hoping that they, uh, you know, will consider speeding up their process. So the anchors, the Navy is a little anchored down with, with that regards. But regardless, we're getting the numbers in. It's just taking a little bit longer on the Navy side, but they're still getting in. And I have to tell you, the Navy Casualty Office is being amazing and helpful as well. The USS Arizona is not categorized under the Department of Defense as a working priority. So all the things that they're doing are kind of being done on the side because they believe in it as well. The Navy believes in it, the Marines believe in it, but it's actually the DPAA and the Department of Defense that controls whether or not the Arizona is a working priority. And that's our goal as Operation 85, is to put enough pressure and political pressure and to get enough numbers and family member numbers in to have them change the priority from a non-working to a working priority within the DOD and the uh, DPAA. But the Marines and the casualty office, the Marine casualty office and the Navy casualty, casualty office have been absolutely amazing in helping us. And they've been really working, you know, more than they should to
0: help us. But we're very, very appreciative of both those offices. As you all know, I am a transplanted Californian now living in Virginia. Coming from California, we always got the very best Mexican food. Virginia, not so much sometimes. (laughs) I mentioned our sponsor today, Fun Frenzy Trivia. And in honor of great Mexican food from California, can you name the four best dishes to order at a Mexican restaurant according to popular survey answers? Well, Fun Frenzy Trivia can do that it's a free mobile trivia game with over 60 different categories including music tv animals celebrities and great mexican food if you choose the most popular answers to each question and beat the clock you move to the next level sounds simple but the questions get harder over time if you get stuck though don't worry you can use coins and gems to get hints and beat the level if you love trivia like I do, you will love fun frenzy trivia. You know, As we age, certainly for our not old better show audience, our ability to retain information decreases. Fortunately, the more we draw on facts and information we've memorized over the years, the more likely they are to stay with us. Fun frenzy trivia acts as a workout for your frontal cortex and like any workout, it strengthens that part of the brain and keeps the mind sharp. That's one of the reasons I love Fun Frenzy Trivia. It's a great game. It's a great workout. And it keeps me aware of the best Mexican food dishes. (laughs) Fun Frenzy Trivia is an exciting brand new game on the App Store from the creators of the number one trivia app, Trivia Star. Download Fun Frenzy Trivia today and challenge yourself. Just go to the Apple or Google store and search for Fun Frenzy Trivia. Download Fun Frenzy Trivia for free today. And get ready to flex your brain muscles. Hi, it's Paul. We will be right back with our guest today, Kevin Klein. wishing everyone a happy Memorial Day. I mentioned our sponsor today, EarthBreeze, and their wonderful array of products featuring eco-friendly laundry detergent sheets. Proudly, I am the laundry guy in our family. I love doing laundry, making the clothes smell good, doing something nice for my family. It's kind of zen for me, but I'll tell you what isn't zen is the knowledge that most laundry detergent comes in enormous plastic jugs, and the pods only add to the plastic's overwhelm, further degrading our environment. Who wants that? The sad fact is that 91% of those inconvenient, awkward, heavy jugs, End up in landfills and oceans, harming our planet and marine life. There has to be a better way. And it's not like you can just stop doing laundry. You know, I'm a laundry guy after all. I love doing it. So here's what I did I switched to EarthBreeze. My new EarthBreeze laundry detergent eco sheets look like dryer sheets. Check them out on the website, but they are not dryer sheets. They are revolutionary. They're liquidless laundry detergent that dissolves 100% in any wash cycle hot or cold. No measuring, no mess, and no heavy plastic jugs. Just toss the sheet in. EarthBreeze has really made the whole concept of detergent better, especially for our not old better show audience. The packaging is lightweight, it's biodegradable, and it is plastic free. It's great for all laundry lifestyles, even sensitive skin. Their eco sheets are hypoallergenic and dermatologists tested. That's amazing. EarthBreeze is compatible with HE, that's HE, high efficiency washers, gray water systems, and it is septic tank safe. EarthBreeze offers flexible subscriptions that can be adjusted, paused, or canceled by you at any time, no contracts or fees. It's delivered right to your door via carbon neutral shipping at a frequency you can set that works for your unique washing lifestyle. Most importantly, you still get a powerful clean. Earth Breeze is tough on stains, it fights odors, and your clothes come out clean every single time. I can tell you, I know this certainly, because for us in our family, especially since I do the laundry here, I wanna do it well, providing clean clothes to my family, but not destroy the planet, adding more plastic to our already oversaturated, congested with plastic, oceans, and wildlife. It's just not what I want to be doing. EarthBreeze is better for the planet, makes laundry easier, and no inconvenient, awkward, heavy jugs to lug around filling up landfalls. Don't just take my word for it. You can try for yourself with EarthBreeze's f- risk-free, 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like it, EarthBreeze will give you a full refund, no questions asked, and no return necessary. So switch from the old-fashioned goo to something new. Right now, our Not Old Better Show listeners can subscribe to EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash NOB to get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash NOB for 40% off. EarthBreeze.com slash NOB. All of this will be in our show notes. Thanks, everybody. And now back to our interview with Kevin Klein, wishing everyone a happy Memorial Day for the USS Arizona. We're back now with Executive Director of the USS Arizona Operation 85 Project, Kevin Klein. The website is ussarizona.navy. We will put links so that our audience can find out more information about Kevin's work, about the work around the USS Arizona, historic work in support of this uh, genealogy effort, really, but big numbers, and um, so many of us know the, uh, you know, the December 7th, 1941 Call to action, a date which will live in infamy. We all in our audience are familiar with that. And um, based on these numbers, Kevin Klein, you know the target being I think six hundred and forty three that the that really the military needs in order to turn this into a full fledged effort. You're doing great work thus far. How's the collaboration with some of the other offices? Are you hearing from members of Congress? Are you getting? Um, you know, the kind of response that you need from social media, how can our audience help you?
1: Um, so far, the response from some of the Congress members that have heard about this have been really well. And and, and I'm lucky enough, I live right outside of Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia. So for me to be able to quickly go up on the Hill and meet with a staff member is pretty easy for me. Um, that's been the most effective way. Um, I actually had a connection Uh, with um, some of the South Carolina Congressman Jeff at Duncan's office and Senator Lindsey Graham's office. And um, the way I approached it, they were willing to have a meeting and listen. They really didn't know much about it. But I ended up realizing that every state really is impacted by this because the the casualties were so large almost every single state in the union has casualties that are missing from the Arizona. Mm-hmm. So when I went into the South Carolina meeting with Mr. Duncan's office and Senator Lindsey Graham's office, I had prepared the um not only the casualty list from South Carolina, but we were also able to we have full bios of all the crew members, some of them have pictures, and I was really able to kind of bring it home to them to say, you know, while this is a national issue, this is also a state issue, and I was able to kind of connect those nine South Carolinians that were missing from the Arizona kind of to, to them, and, and it, they really kind of responded to that very well. Um, from there, as you know, in politics, one door opens another and another and another, and we've just kind of been you know trying to get the message out as, as much as possible, Um The most important people to talk to are obviously the members on the Armed Services Committee and the Defense Appropriation Committee. Um, That is if we want to get funding. I mean, as you know, I mean, this is not my full-time job. I'm not Mm -hmm. making any money from this. So I would like to go back to my life at some point, (laughs) and I'd like the DPAA to take over and and do the great things they do. Um, But until then, I'm going to continue to do this, but um, probably the best way I ask people – to help out because they always ask mm-hmm. um, is to just share the message mm-hmm. share it on social media um if you know anyone in media that can help spread the word a little bit more please do that um people have email groups from you know little groups that they're involved with in a business some local businesses have sent out emails um about the project so uh, you know, there's multiple ways to do it other than actively getting involved. It's so easy. Spreading the message is probably the best way anybody really could help.
0: We certainly are right there with you, Kevin Klein, on this journey to honor sacrifice and to help with the identification process through DNA. We're going to do everything in our part to get this word out so that uh, you can have some success and family members can can have some closure because I think that that that's important. So, in anticipation of Memorial Day, it's just right right here in, in front of us coming up. Just look ahead a little bit, Kevin Klein. and tell us about the future of the project. What, where do you see this kind of ending up in terms of, you know, once we get to this number, what, what else is, you know going how else are we going to help honor this sacrifice kind of looking forward?
1: right um first off i have to say that i'm completely surprised that we've done so much and so little time um you know this isn't something that i you know have experience in doing i just had a goal in mind and i just said okay i'm gonna do it and i'm figuring it out along the way so the amount of um, support that we've had over the last month and a half the amount of attention it's gotten um, the, the meetings with congressmen and senators and, and, and government officials, military officials. Um, you know, I, I, I never saw that, uh, 30, 40 days ago. I just, I didn't know what I was getting into. And I, I just knew what I wanted and I knew the goal and I knew it was the right thing to do. Um, and I just went after it. And one of the things I want to tell you, Paul, and I wanted to make sure this message gets out and it's, it's a, from me and the families, and pretty much everyone involved. You know, we have absolutely no desire or intention to disturb the USS Arizona ship or their memorial. Um, some people tend to get confused um, when we say we want to identify the unknowns from the Arizona, and they think that we're, you know, have plans to disinter the ship and mm-hmm. disturb things
0: and dig up graves.
1: Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Right, that ship right. is a graveyard and, and, mm-hmm. You know, a, a, uh, a, a great memorial for those crew members and myself and every family member involved has absolutely no interest in touching or disturbing the ship, or the memorial in any way. You know, the focus is really on the 85 that were moved and, and, and buried 10 miles away. So I also wanted to make sure that that message got out as yeah. well, because sometimes people hear that and they get upset why you know leave leave the ship alone leave leave it alone they just don't understand we we have no desire to touch that ship mhm
0: yeah this is all about identification through dna right yep great work kevin klein executive director of the uss arizona operation 85 again the website url which we will have throughout the show notes today is uss Kevin Klein's been our guest doing great work in anticipation of Memorial Day. Let's share this. I think we can do this and uh, get our audience enthused about Kevin's work and the importance of recognizing and honoring the memory of those who have served aboard the USS Arizona. Kevin Klein, thanks for your time today. My best to you uh, and your family, extended family over Memorial Day. Thank you very much for your time today and thanks for all you're doing.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you, Paul. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, talk again. In a little while, and I have some great news or great updates to let you, to uh, tell you all about what's going on.
0: I will look forward to it. Our, I know our audience will too. So please, please, I'll take you up on that. Please come back.
1: Great. Thanks again, Paul.
0: Thanks, Kevin. My thanks to Kevin Klein, who is the executive director of the USS Arizona Operation eighty five Project. My thanks to our sponsors, Earthbreeze and Super Lucky fun frenzy trivia please support our sponsors who in turn support the show my thanks always to the smithsonian team for all they do to support the show my thanks to you my wonderful not old better show audience on radio and podcast please be well and let's talk about better the not old better show remember just google not old better for everything you need to know about us have a great memorial day thanks everybody and we will see you next week